With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. But I also want you to know that candidate 1A for me and the University of Nebraska was always Matt Rule from the beginning. And so we're really glad that we ended at that point. So as people ask me why, I am here because this is the right fit. It's the right time. And if I have one message for you, we can absolutely do it. We can absolutely get the University of Nebraska and the University of Nebraska football exactly where it's supposed to be. It will be hard. It may take time, but it will be done. A process-oriented individual. Details matter. As you think about the Big Ten Conference and where we're going, and how USC and UCLA and perhaps others someday come into our league. And the level of coaching that's going to happen in the Big Ten, attention to details and process are going to be really, really important to our future. Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. It's been a little over a week since we've last talked to you, and it's been quite a week um, in Husker land. Uh, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, obviously Nebraska gets the win in Iowa, claiming the Heroes Trophy for the first time since 2014, but that literally seems like it was five years ago. Um, Matt Rule was named head coach on Saturday. You heard a sound there from both Trev Alberts, Nebraska's athletic director, and Rule at Monday's introductory press conference. Matt Rule now in the process of finalizing his coaching staff. Six of his 11 full-time hires have been made when you count the strength coach, and one of the key ones that we thought was going to be a part of this staff uh, was Mickey Joseph, and obviously that leads me to where um, the, the 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 story has turned. Uh, Mickey Joseph, as you know, was involved in a domestic uh, incident at his home in Lincoln, uh, and was arrested by Lincoln police on Wednesday. Um, and here we are Thursday taping this show. The details of the report came out. We're not going to get into that stuff on the show, guys. But it's been quite a week, Steve. Um, you've been around a long time. I think we were expecting or thought there was a good chance mickey was going to be a part of this coaching staff at nebraska i, I, I didn't think that i mean well did you really think that i think i didn't think he was going to be part. okay of let's go back like two yeah. weeks ago we're like okay mickey will always be mickey's going to be here but you were with me when we, we talked to mickey saturday um and the tone of that conversation i you know his wants and needs to stay were going to be high like he wanted you know a, a fairly sizable i think financial commitment to stay at nebraska yeah um, right now, he's making six hundred thousand. The highest paid wide receivers coach in college football makes eight hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. He wanted significantly more than that. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was surprised you said what you did. I, I I thought I thought on Saturday he wouldn't be part of it. There was a point though when we looked at potential retain like retaining coaches. Like he was the clear yeah, number I, one. I'm saying that, like, that's where the conversation. When this thing was. started, everyone's like, okay. Like if they were going to keep a guy, he would be. It in, was yeah, for it, obvious. That's reasons. for sure. It was that's Mickey sure. and. Who you know, and now it's yeah. Who nobody? <laughs> well, I thought on Saturday that I thought Saturday, yeah, I thought it changed in my mind on Saturday. Then I thought ah, I don't think you Mickey's. heard. I mean, we you we were in here together, and yeah. I mean, and I just thought what the way Mickey was talking, not only Saturday but Friday after the game, I thought then I started it. Start I started shifting on Friday after the game, uh, based on what Mickey said. 
you know, that I'll be okay. I'll, 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 I can find a job. Somebody's going to hire me. Somebody's going to hire me. And then, and then, I mean, not only what you were hearing from Mickey on the record, but even the stuff you're hearing off the record. Um, I thought, I thought by Friday night, I, I'd be surprised if Mickey's going to be in that, in that discussion for the next staff. And then Saturday when we heard him, when you had him on speakerphone, yeah, then I was really, I thought, okay, this probably isn't Yeah, just, I mean, it didn't feel like he wanted it to work. I mean, because the demands of what he would have wanted to stay, it wasn't feasible yeah, in the structure way. of Matt Rule's staff. Right, that's a good way I mean, he wanted to become essentially one of the highest paid assistants in all of college football, and that just wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, think, I think they could have probably paid Mickey around 900 and been good right there. Ooh. Eight nine hundred, yeah. yeah. Eight nine hundred. The associate head coach title that we could justify it a little bit more, and and say you're the highest thing. paid receivers coach in the country. But I don't know if Mickey would have took that, accepted that. And then he had some other things trying to go, whether it was Tulsa or Tulane. Yeah, it looks like he had Tulsa in, and and mm-hmm. he was part of that. And then Miami, obviously, um, there's some potential opportunity there uh, as that, an assistant. As an assistant, yeah. Um, but back to the story, what happened with Mickey now in in this situation? I mean. Unfortunately, we've been around a lot of these types of, not like this, but just drama and situations like this over the years. And, and this was unfortunate. I mean, just the way it played out, it was almost kind of like, no way, no way. Like, I almost couldn't believe the story um, as it came down the pipes and, and how quickly it hit the news cycle. Oh, my God. The, and and the, what it inf- what reinforced is we're in pretty, it seems it feels like we're always in kind of a small town. How quickly, how quickly... It spread the news. What happened before? The- before there's a before there was a news release mm-hmm. from LPD from the Lincoln Police Department. Man, it, people like within an hour, like it was everywhere. Uh, it's amazing. This is a small Going town. Back reading the police report, like the timing, like <laughs> I got a text apparently within the, the hour that he was arrested. Guys, Wilderness. That's, what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Wilderness Hills neighbor. I lived there for 12, 13 years, and. If something like that's going on in there, a lot of people are going to find out about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that work from home, don't or they're point. stay-at-home moms, Good point. and everybody that's, knows where everybody lives. So if something happens at a coach's point. house, everybody knows it's a coach's house. Yeah, and the world's set up now for for news to travel fast. The world is set up that way. I mean, it travels fast on social media, mm-hmm. and there and it, it it was now. I would tell you that it was very jarring. I mean, when you started to hear. When it started to be evident that this is serious, think about Mickey. Think about how beloved a figure he became here in such a short time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did hold the program together, and he became someone who people thought could be the head Extremely coach. Extremely likable when yeah. you're around him. Yeah, but he, he became beloved. And a lot of people thought that could be your next head coach or should be your next head coach. Um so he he really won won over the fan base to a large degree, and then boom! Now all of this is on your phone, and it, and you see it on Twitter. You've seen stuff on Twitter. People are gassed. before the news even comes out, before the official news comes out. It was it was really jarring. And for LPD to put out a release on a domestic, they don't normally do that because, but obviously because of the high nature of this case, it was probably smart they did. Could you, could you imagine if they didn't put anything out? How I mean, the rumors already got bad. I will tell you what would happen if they didn't. I, I, I was, I was very surprised that people on my radio show were were critical of LPD for putting that out. I would tell those people, do you know what would happen if they didn't put that out? Do you know how many reporters would descend on Mickey's house? 
You know how many reporters? And you know what? John Q. Public would be there trying to figure out what. Driving around. Yeah. I mean, that's the nature of this situation. But I guarantee you there have been reporters there. Now, what would that be like for his family to have a bunch of reporters? Doing stand-ups. Yeah. At people driving by. That, I guarantee if LPD didn't put that release out, you tell me that wouldn't happen. Because people would have been in the dark then. What, okay, what, what has happened? Mm-hmm. Well, just think about the, the, the gap between the affidavit mm-hmm. and, and the arrest mm-hmm. before the true details of the arrest came out. I mean, there, there were about 35 different stories of, yeah. that came out about what happened. Right. Then so, the affidavit kind of spells it out. I and mean, we're not going to get into the details I, no, of that. I, I actually, I'm actually, I would praise LPD for how quickly they moved on putting that release out. That, was, that quelled what could have been a very... Very awkward situation. Am I wrong? No, I think you're exactly right. And because it would have taken on an even bigger life of its own. And exactly. so now there's actual factual details right. out there, you know, that at least steadies the storm, so to speak, no to where, you know, this thing didn't turn out <laughs> to full blown anarchy. And right. we talk about why this is a tough place to coach situations like this. Mm-hmm. Because if, I mean, it's, it's a crime no matter where it happens, but if it happened in Manhattan, Kansas, or Detroit, or Manhattan, Kansas, or Ames, Iowa. Is the media and the Ooh. fan base going to be like to the point where everybody around the whole state's talking about it within an hour of the incident happening? So, I mean, just as Bill Callahan once said, the obsession with this football team here, mm. like this story. I mean, everybody wanted a version of it, wanted to spread the story around. I mean, it was. Well, let's be honest, though, Sean. It's not like we curtail the obsession. <laughs> I mean, that's what we make our yeah, living on. Right. No, the reason I'm, we're doing this. Right, we have a job. <laughs> it's why thousands of people watch our shows, listen to our right. shows. But no, it, it it's. It got it got off the rails quick, but again, LPD kind of kind of in its own in a sense kept it on the rails because it could have got really wild. It was bad enough, and it's well. Just think about when the news broke last night to where they finally released the the police report or mm-hmm. the, the whatever the the incident report. Uh, just how much speculation and rumor had taken off from there from that less than twelve twenty four hour stretch. Like, I mean, there was some crazy rumors going on out there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, just imagine if everybody was in the dark on that right. and people were oh. trying to figure out any morsel of information, like it would have gotten outrageous. Yeah. So it, what it's, I mean, we, ha- we should touch on, it's obviously like a, a horrific thing for the family, for their family, the immediate family. But I would say the ripple Im- effect is big too, because we are kind of one big family you know that Husker family. There's a ripple impact that that goes that, that goes all over the state. Yeah, like what's Matt Rule thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's here for two three days. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that'd be hard. I mean, no, no, it's not. I wouldn't laugh because here's, no, yeah. Here's why: because there's a lot of players on the team that had close relationship with Mickey. A lot of those guys don't come from great backgrounds. He was a father figure. That's a father figure. Okay. We always say that. I mean, we say it. These coaches are father figures. Well, they're father figures. Now, their father figure is in jail. Okay? That, don't think that has a, a – that doesn't have a small impact on some of those kids. On some of them, not all of them. But well, some of them, it's, a, it's, it's not easy at all. Well, even from the state's perspective, I mean, Nebraska fans have endured a lot of embarrassment over the years. And it just reminds me of like that – meme from the office where Jim Halpert's holding up the board and says, 
uh, has a box. It says days with, since our last nonsense, and you have to keep erasing it and setting it to zero. Like days since Nebraska wasn't embarrassed in the national headlines. Erase it. Yeah. Put it at zero because they're right back there. Yeah, good point. Right? All right, guys. Well, lots to hit on with Matt Rule and this hiring. Uh, we haven't even gave our thoughts on Matt Rule yet. So, oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah, they hired a coach. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> and they beat Iowa. See, that's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, they beat Iowa and hired a coach. You don't even talk about it. $74 million coach, Heroes Trophy win, and we haven't even hit on that. But next segment, I want to hit on the hire itself, maybe the staff and, and the money piece. we got a, a big show on tap here. We'll hit on that next. You're listening to Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Just it was it was a game day. You, everyone was playing, so we were able to kind of fly in on our own. Husker game day. Yeah, it was a Husker game day, so we were able to fly in, and everyone was at the game. So was it warm we, we get, or cold? We, uh, <laughs> we were able to we were able to do that, and then um, and then we kind of you know then we got away for a while. You know, we had a trip planned, and Julie and I went away for a while, and because you know we you know we just didn't want momentum to take over. We didn't want we didn't want this whatever decision we made to be a decision of emotion, and it, it was uh, so we, we got away for a little bit. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. Uh, that was Matt Rule talking about the secret visit. And by the way, it was the Illinois game um, that he came, not the Minnesota game. Whoa, um, really? And that was in Mitch Sherman and Max Olson's detailed uh, account of kind of things. And they did a great job on the athletic. Um, Mitch and Max, guys we've known a long time. Uh, excellent story they put together kind of on just the, the behind the scenes and the process of hiring Matt Rule. But before we get to that, guys, this segment brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. Get on in there. If I can get away, I might try to watch some of that Big Ten championship game there this weekend. Great place to watch NFL football, uh, college football, Nebraska volleyball. All these games um, evidently are going to be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Wow. Tanners will have them. So get on into Tanner Sports Bar, 30th Yankee Hill Road. They get big crowds for the volleyball game. So if you're going to go, um, make sure you get in there early. They do. Because uh, they'll, they'll fill up the place. There'll be 300 people in there um, because people, a lot of people don't have ESPN+. Plus. So, you, I mean, you don't have ESPN. You might, you might have to go to Tanner, Sip. I do have ESPN. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to. I'm impressed. Yeah, do you know how to work yeah, it? Yeah, not very. Yeah. It, it, Sean continues with this jag of that I lack sophistication. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like running Apple here pretty soon. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> just, just, just don't ask them to transfer your contacts. <laughs> okay. All right, all Let's right, get back Sean. into Matt Rule. Um, yeah, Rule. Let me tell you, very impressive, first of all. I mean, and, and that's what you'd expect um, from a guy in his shoes, what he's done. Uh, but seeing him talk, seeing him present, I don't know if there's ever been a better presenter of Nebraska football on the stage. It's a good way to um, put it. The way he captivated the room. And I, I tweeted during the thing, I go, well, you're not going to have to worry about Matt Rule not giving an opening statement at Big Ten Media Days. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what I'll never do? Guys, is again, I'm, I'll never do this the rest of my career. I will not say the press conference doesn't matter. I mean, I, 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 that's something you say sometimes, like, don't worry about the opening press conference. It doesn't matter. It can matter. I mean, it mattered in this point. It mattered this week. Don't, don't you think? Absolutely. 
Why do you say that? Because there were so many fans that were on the fence, and we just talked about a guy that a, a lot or a good portion of the fan base wanted as their head coach that was not named their head coach. And so Matt Rule and Trev Alberts, they had to sell this thing. Like, he can't come up there and just, you know, say some cliches and, and get out of there. Like, he had to deliver that message and do so with confidence and authority. And he did that. He and did. you can see that he is the son of a preacher. Like, he, he owned that podium. He, he owned the room. And people were buying into what he was saying. So I think that there there was probably some fans that maybe had been a little iffy on Matt Rule. And then they watched that. And they listened to what he had to say and how he said it. And maybe were came out of that more sold on the idea of Matt Rule running this program than they did before he took that podium. I totally agree. It mattered. The press conference mattered. I'll tell you who it mattered to. It mattered to Trev Alberts. Ooh, big time. Yeah, I, and, I, and you guys might have done what I did. I was watching Trev during the speech, and Trev literally was hanging on every word. I mean, it was it, – Trev was intense. His face was intense, like – I want this speech to work. That's what that's what his face said. Well, and compare that to Luke Fickle's speech. Like, yeah, I mean, okay. What would you it, say about Luke Fickle's speech? I'll, and I'll be on the record. I, I thought Luke Fickle would have been a great coach here too. Like, just because I respected his body of work. But then when you see him present in this same stage, he's more of a Polini type guy. Not real comfortable on the stage. Kind of a deer in the <clears> headlight, <throat> um, bull in the china shop. Didn't really have a. I mean, in the athletic director. Well, first of all. Having Trev be a former TV host, like when when he when he does kind of like the opening speech, like compare him to like Trev, compare him to like Icorse. Yeah, Trev could host The Price Is Right and do very well. <laughs> You're right. He could. You're right. He's got that stage presence. Yeah, too. he he could do it, and he's very charismatic and just thinks quickly. Now, again, I what else I'd say about <laughs> about um, about rule is that's a great line. Bob Barker was great, but I mean Trev. If if Trev could have inject some humor, which sometimes he tries to, but anyway, Rule also now you can watch, you watch Rule, okay? Rule was so good at the podium. Now all you got to do it's not hard to project him in a team meeting room, all right? It's not hard to project him in a in a recruit's living room. Um, it's you the way I mean I was really struck by C E O. Oh God, he mm-hmm. yeah, he's very verbal. He's very. He was very prepared. I mean, clearly he prepared for that. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, he started it off with the stories. eighty-three, ninety-seven, or ninety-four story. Yeah, he started off with stories about Penn State, Nebraska. I didn't like the mentions of Penn State. Scares me because of you know his connection there. But you know whatever. And he was so well versed in a lot of different areas. I I, I just I was bowled over by it. It's really amazing how it almost didn't happen, though. And, and no, he, it didn't almost happen. It almost didn't like, happen. And that was it. the challenge of covering this thing. Um, and look, we never could get it confirmed on the record that he was in town. I know a lot of users on our message board, other boards, had out there that he was in town. But in, in terms of how we have to report facts, like we couldn't get that co- confirmed. And it probably was a good thing that we didn't put that out there. I mean, Why do you say that? It might have messed up the process. Yeah, like, a little bit. I mean, if we would have reported that Matt Rule was in town for the Illinois game, like that he was basically whining and dining coaches while the team was playing a game. Yeah. I don't know how well that would have come off. So well, how okay, if you're Mickey Joseph, what would you think about that? Yeah. So it probably was for the best that we nobody was able to confirm or report the, that news. Yeah. And you know, just hearing Matt's side of it too that that the fact that it almost fell through, I think almost sold him more on the idea of the job to where they had those initial discussions. And because of some contractual holdups, uh, it kind of got derailed there. And he tells a story about when he hung up the phone with Trev, he just thought to himself, damn, 
like, damn, I wanted that job. And then Trevor Nebraska called back and mm-hmm. they said, let's, let's figure something out. And Matt said, that's, that's what sold me. Like, that's yep. when I knew yep. for sure. Like my family already knew my wife already wanted to come. My kids wanted to come, but I, you know, that, that's what was the, the deal sealer for Matt rule was, was the fact that it almost fell through. Yeah. His wife, I'm sure like that 9 million a year. Yeah. He's a lot. He's uh, easy to get behind that. <laughs> hey, why didn't you well, come she, to Nebraska? I mean, she wants him to work too. Like, yeah. I, I don't care who you are. It's not, no one wants it to stay home. Like when you, <laughs> no, I don't like I wouldn't say no one. There are quite a few people that <laughs> like to do that. But, no, if you're at that level, if you're a dog, if you're an right, alpha, right, if you're right. really good at something, a head football coach, yeah. like, no, it's not in your DNA. Right. Like, what if I just said, "Simple, you're done. Stay home and do nothing." You, you would be, you, Lori would find something. To Lori do. would throw you out. Yeah, I'd find. Same something. like Lisa would throw me out of the house. I'd like, find something. That's why we have this office. At least gets me out of the house to get mm-hmm. away from people for a while. Yeah, that needs to happen more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> but no, I, I, um, it, it almost didn't happen. That's true. They were. I was kind of surprised how transparent they were about mm-hmm. that part. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it, you covered that part well, Sip. Yeah, I mean, was, I mean, you you were kind of providing the round by round coverage, mm-hmm. and it, it's not easy for fans to digest that round by round because mm-hmm. it it was off the table, and you reported that in Tunnel mm-hmm. Talk one week, and then yeah. went back on the table a couple yeah. days later. Yeah, and I and I and I did. I was careful, I, and I, it was almost just a sense I had. That the source I was I had was telling me no, it's done, it's not going to happen. And I was like, I, couldn't it come back? I mean, couldn't Nebraska come back to him? And he's like, well, okay, it was a he. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I suppose it could. And then it did. I mean, it wasn't. And then it did. And it it but it took Ted Carter getting involved. Oh, yeah. I believe that Pillen got involved. I don't mind saying it on. Well, he's there. a regent. Yeah, I, I don't mind saying that on the air. We haven't said a lot. I, mean, I did write it in Tunnel Talk for tomorrow. Um, I think Pillen, I think they encourage Trev to do what you have to do here, okay? Do what you have to do. This notion that you is have that, to be that, fiscally okay? cheap with Nebraska football, it's over. Stop it. Like, <laughs> nobody else is cheap. Who's no. cheap with Nebraska football? The facility's not cheap. Right. I mean, the, the, everything about the, the boosters, the support. Ticket the pop- prices ain't cheap. The population of our state, mm-hmm. under $2 million to, mm-hmm. to have what we have. No one's cheap with there's this thing. A, there's limits, though, I think, to reason. But why, why, why can Ohio State and Michigan spend more than Nebraska? What, what, what allows them to spend I more? Think, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm just saying that you want to operate within reason. And I think they did. I, what would have been unreasonable, though? If, what if they paraded him up there and said, we're paying him $11 million? I would have I, that would have given me pause. Nebraska could pay it. I mean, I'm not saying they can't pay it, but uh, is that making him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten right now? Would that be reasonable to you? No, you'd have some second guesses. Yeah, I mean, I would second with, with with his track record. Now, I'm sure there's coaches you could justify that with with guys with, that are far more accomplished. Jim. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's a select few. It's Jim a select Arbaugh. few, yeah. and so is Matt Rule in that conversation? Probably not. Would you Would you want him making more than? Day in Harbaugh right now. I think no, that would it look puts odd. It puts an even bigger microscope on looks you. Too odd. But he's he's at Mel Tucker level money. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the market. That's where it's again, going. That's that's again. Lane Kiffin got that kind of money. I mean, like so. I mean, there's a lot of guys. So like, stoops. Yeah. So I mean, yes, it's top ten, but you know, top ten for this, how long? This right. carousel. Not very long. This Not carousel long. produced nine million dollar contracts. Period. I mean, exactly. you look was, at all the guys. The going rate for a top level coach. All right. When we come back, let's talk staff. You're listening to the Husker Line Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Of course, like everybody, it's a lot of money. But, you know, this is what uh, coaches are bringing in these days. And uh, if you want the best, you're going to have to be willing to, uh, you know, put up that kind of money. We're very fortunate that we have a sports program here that can handle that without having to turn that over to the fans, without having to turn that over to the taxpayers. You know, this brand will allow us to do that. And, you know, we paid attention to every level of detail in the contract. That's why this was hard. You know, and, and, and building these type of contracts does not happen overnight. It took, it took a number of days. Well, you know, nothing is first try. You know, there's negotiations. So I'll just say that it went back and forth a number of times. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. That was Ted Carter uh, breaking down the finances. And, you know, there's always this notion that, oh, these big contracts are going to raise tuition. Um, that's not the case at Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska is fully funded. In fact, they give back $10 million per year from athletics to the school. And our own Steve Rosen in 2019 wrote a great story about that. Uh, 4,000 students each year get offered scholarships between $1,500 and $2,500 um, because of the athletic department's donation. So um, the athletic department's a huge resource. 15% of the undergraduate student body is on some sort of scholarship from athletics. So this notion that because Matt Rule got a big contract, our tuition's going to go up, not the case. Who uh, thinks that, by the uh, way? People that aren't. Yes, people that don't follow sports. Hot takers, fa- Facebook annies. Yeah. Um, Facebook annies. I just made that up, but it, it came off a lot. <laughs> I, thought, just, I always like, it's like, what What do you think the uh, the physics professor is thinking when you see these contracts? Like, who cares? Remember when Joe, Bur- <laughs> remember when Joe Burrow blasted the physics professor? <laughs> that really? was great. Is it Joe Burrow? Yeah. Just because the physics professor was complaining about the money of football, and, mm. and Joe just blasted him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the physics professor doesn't bring Stay in, in your lane, yeah. bud. Um, but anyway, contract, $74 million, assistant coach pool, $7 million, and I know there's been some debate on this. That also includes the strength coach in there, and I've confirmed that with the university. I know the contract language said $7 million for 10 hires, um, but the strength coach is in there, so it's $7 million for 11 hires. Uh, six of the 11 hires have been made. Uh, the biggest one, Marcus Satterfield, he was making 900000 at South Carolina. So you have to think Satterfield's going to be like 1-1, one, 1-2. One, one, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I mean, just considering the the higher commitments financially Nebraska's putting in, I mean, we're talking about how head coaching salaries are higher, assistant coach, coordinator salaries are higher. And, and, you know, to put it in other terms, Scott Frost's pool was around like 5-1, five, 5-3. Five, um, you know, the, so this is a significantly higher pool uh, Matt Rule will get 50 private jet hours of usage as well. Frost had 20 mm-hmm. in his contract just for personal usage, not recruit. Oh, personal usage. Yeah. Um, so you know, he, that that was a lucrative perk, I thought, in the contract. Big time. Because, I mean, it allows your family or you can use that to fly it's in. 20 trips, right? Yeah. You figure where we're at, it takes. Depends where you're going. 10, 10 rounds. Well. You figure like it takes two or three hours each way okay. to go somewhere. Or so ten, yeah, ten, ten round trips a year. That'd be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You could probably fly in family for every home game. You know, if if your wife's family or your family or cousins live somewhere, hey, we'll pick you up in the jet, fly you all in. Um, so that I mean, those are some of the other perks in the rule contract. But um, the other hires he's made, and Robin, you can break these down. A lot of younger 
coaches that you get the sense these aren't going to be high dollar, you know, like night. Who are we talking? Um, well, yeah, let's run, run down them. Uh, you got yeah, run, running backs coach EJ Barthel. Uh, your head strength and conditioning coach is Corey Campbell. Uh, your secondary coach, Evan Cooper. Special teams coordinator, Ed Foley. Defensive line coach, Terrence Porkchop Knighton. I don't think we'll be calling him pork chop here, but I thought it was pot roast. <laughs> pot roast, yeah. Pork chops, Corey Ross. Pot roast. I got my, I got my <laughs> meat call, call, selection. Hey, call nickname. him pork chop and see what happens. <laughs> see, see what happens. I'm not gonna call him anything. I'm gonna call him <laughs> Coach. Yeah. Coach Knighton is what I'm gonna call him. Uh, hey, pork chop. And then Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator. Uh, the commonality: every one of those guys has worked with Mark uh, or Matt Rule at multiple stops. Yep. Temple, Baylor. Carolina or played so, for him too right? yeah, or played for him so I mean a deep-rooted connection with every one of those guys you can see uh, the familiarity that is already on staff and mm-hmm. you know I know one of the I guess after the fact criticisms of Frost was that he just brought all of his old buddies from UCF in there I don't think that this is the same thing just because these guys have, have coached other places you know that's not just a bunch of guys that cut their teeth at Central Florida and are jumping to Nebraska you know these guys have coached at the power five level they've coached at temple they've coached in the nfl and so i mean i think that's the separator between you know the the criticisms of frost and his quote-unquote buddy hires to matt rules six new hires that that all have long histories with him i, I never I quite understand these discussions um don't you usually hire people you're familiar with yeah but again sometimes social media and message boards can yeah can criticize strange things. <laughs> I, I just think that's what you do. But anyway, yeah, nothing about the the hires jump out at me. Um, I don't have strong opinion on any of it at mm-hmm. this point. Satterfield's the one you watch closely, uh, most closely right now. Ed Foley's an interesting hire because I, I thought some people looked at him and thought maybe, oh, this is going to be an analyst, but he's going to be one of the full-time 10 guys. Why did they think analyst? Older. Um, yeah. And he was an assistant special teams coach with the Panthers. He wasn't a full-time position coach. He, in the NFL, there's two position coaches per position, the head position coach and the assistant position coach. But Ed Foley has been around the block. He's been the interim head coach of Temple twice. Um, so you just don't know. I mean, in that analyst pool that you have, the I guess the off-field coach pool, that's fairly significant. And we don't know what that number is, but you know, you've, you've got a lot of money there where you can pay guys like that in the 200s. Back to Satterfield, I happened to watch him at his probably peak Mm-hmm. After the Wisconsin game, you guys remember it was an early Tennessee. game. Yeah, South Carolina, Tennessee. I watched that game in its entirety, and I was struck by – I mean, South Carolina gained 600 yards that night. Just boat raced them. Yeah, South Carolina gained 600. Rattler threw for – Spencer Rattler threw six touchdown passes that night. Now, they aired it out, and people don't like those numbers – um, that they were very low in the SEC. The Gamecocks were low in the SEC in rushing, high in passing. I don't, I don't know. You guys can say, Sip, you're just an old man and you sound more like it every day. I don't – analytics, I get it. I mean, they can be important. But, like, if you – the reason I don't, I don't just use those – I just don't take them and say, okay, this is what defines him is because if you did that to Whipple this year – you would not, and you just looked at the analytics and didn't delve into anything. You you wouldn't know what kind of the offensive line he was dealing with. Now I don't know what Satterfield is dealing with. I think in in two twenty in twenty twenty one he was dealing with four different quarterbacks. So that's gonna that's gonna um, affect your numbers. Mm-hmm. I I just know this. I liked what their offense looked like that night. It was very dynamic. Well, those last two nights, ninety four points and a thousand and eight total yards of offense against back-to-back top 10 rated teams. Tennessee and Clemson. 
Tennessee and Clemson. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, yes, you'd look at their overall body of work, but that little two-game window was pretty dang impressive. Yeah. And Satterfield and Shane Beamer are really close. They, 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 were, they were in each other's wedding is really? what uh, Chris Clark told me from Gamecock Central and on three. Um, so for him to leave somebody that he's that close to to go work with Rule again, it kind of tells you, you know, what he thinks. And I think like any time a hire like this is made, you think stability. Like, hey, we can be – I mean, and let's face it, coaching stability is hard. But this Rule contract, I mean, there's no such thing as a stable contract. But this is a fairly stable contract just with the financial terms of it. So if you can get your family somewhere for a long time, that's a win in this coaching industry. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now the two, two – or I guess there's some more winning spots. But for me – D coordinator and O line coach. Those are the two big ones. That's that's what I want to know. And will Donovan Raiola be retained? That's a big mm-hmm. question, and we'll probably learn that hopefully here soon. He's in that hunt. I He's mean, probably the only one left. Yeah. He. I mean, the fact that you know, like a lot of these guys, you know, are done. There's a tight ends that, coach now. Yeah. You don't know yeah, about Satterfield. Donovan. Yeah. You don't know about Donovan because Donovan is still in the hunt. That's what I'm saying. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll take questions in the mailbag. You're listening to the Husker Line Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I called all the all the commits right off the bat. Just let them know, you know, number one, you know, obviously that first question is always, hey, you're going to honor my commitment. Now some guys have some other things, you know, going uh, too. So, you know, I just, you know, we're going to recruit those guys. You know, we're going to be really aggressive here, you know, recruiting wise, you know, to get, getting out there and trying to trying to just bolster the class and get as much talent here as we can. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. As uh, time for the mailbag, and it's been a busy week. Everyone's got lots of questions. Abby Barmore joining us. Uh, I know you're in the midst of your volleyball um, big games this weekend. Abby, what do you got to start us off in the mailbag? All right, our first one. Which one of the coaches that Nebraska announced today, out of the six, which one are you most excited about? Good question. Um, Barthel really intrigues oh, you me. you took mine. Okay, um, keep going. I, Why? Just, when I, the way Jim Mora publicly endorsed him, um, tells you what he thought because sometimes you get maybe hurt when you lose a coach and, and he was very happy and publicly praised him and they were playing with their third, fourth, and fifth string running backs and they, they still got great production. So E.J. Barthel. I like that one. Um, I just want to continue on that one. I'm sorry. I like Barthel. I, the numbers, his numbers, at U, the UConn's rushing numbers increased dramatically from last year. Um, now he's interesting because he's still pretty young in the profession. He hasn't, he hasn't coached at this level. Um, but yeah, the number, the numbers are what intrigues me. And oh, I, I think also what, what Morris said about him, he was a guy who was really beset by injuries as a player. So I think, and he still, he still was pretty good. But he can help guys through that sort of thing. I'll tell you what, though, none of the hires really are overwhelmingly strong. I mean, they're fine, but nothing. None of the hires to this point are overwhelming. Yeah, there, I mean, there's not been one like Nat. I mean, Satterfield leaving South Carolina gets your attention, yes, um, because of it's a sitting SEC coordinator. But this is not like 
a huge, you know, they haven't pulled that that big cherry on top name no. yet, uh-huh. yet as mm-hmm. a taping time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess with that, I'll say Satterfield, just okay. because I'm curious what Nebraska is going to get. Are they going to get a guy that lit the world on fire with uh, the last two games of the season at South Carolina, or are they going to get the guy that was about to get chased out of town by South Carolina fans with Before how much that, that offense had struggled? Yeah. So um, a very mixed bag from him. Last season, um, what what is that picture going to look like for Nebraska's offense? Uh, you know, here as opposed to South Carolina. I know it's a lo- really early, and there's a lot of pieces still to be added. But people want to know what are some reasonable expectations for year one under Matt Rule. I mean, I, I think just starting with getting to a bowl game, and it should have happened this year in 2022. I mean, they shouldn't have lost to Georgia Southern. Um, they shouldn't have lost to Northwestern. So we're at five wins right there, and and between. Uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, they could have won a lot of those games. I mean, so can Matt Rule get Nebraska to six wins? I mean, I think that would be an, a really, really good start. But we don't know what this team's going to look like, guys, until the portal stuff shakes itself out of out of things. Yeah, I mean, they don't even have full staff. You don't know what the portal situation is. You don't even know what the quarterback's going to be. I mean, there's too many unknowns to have a firm grasp of what a realistic expectation is. But I will say it's Nebraska. It's time where we need to get back to going to a bowl needs to be the expectation. Ooh, I, yeah, you know what? We have a little disagreement here between Rob and, and Sean and me. I don't, I don't know. I want, I'm not putting that expectation out there. When I don't know the roster, um, it could be something like what he experienced at Temple. I mean, Kansas went Baylor. to a bowl. I don't care. I mean, it, it, yeah, he might, but I want to see what the quarterback posi- position looks like. I want to see what a lot looks like. We're already hearing names that could be leaving that would decimate. I don't know. Seventy-two million dollars is. I don't. I, I think you should expect at least a five hundred. I don't. I just. Dis, I strongly disagree with you. Yeah, on that. his year ones have been rough everywhere. Yeah, so I, I mean, don't know why you would put that expectation on him in year one. I don't know, man, because it's the portal era. The last two, his last two stops, they didn't have the transfer portal. It's true. You can That's get fair. good That's very fair. quickly. Not on the lines, though, as we've learned. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I just think there's. No, I'm not saying it's end all be all, but I think that you know, for the amount of commitment Nebraska's making into this hire, and the the modern age of how you can build a roster in one off season, six wins is not like some insurmountable task, especially uh, with with the way the Big Ten is right now. Like it's it's open. I just hate. I just hate to. I mean, I think that that sort of attitude we've had here has been detrimental. I six wins though is not a. Yeah, unreal. I'm not like saying win the Big Ten here. Not saying win nine. Go to the. I mean, we're keeping a basketball. Co- we're keeping a basketball coach runs nine and fifty in the Big Ten. That's what football. Are, He's not making seventy two million. Seventy four. Seventy four. Excuse me. Yeah. I want to undersell him. I don't know. I don't know. The money doesn't do it. For, I mean, that's. I don't use that as a reason for anything. I mean, if he was making fifty million, would you say okay? Uh, no re- need to win six. <laughs> I mean. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why that applies in the discussion, but we can disagree. Mm-hmm. I strongly disagree. All right, what do you got next, Okay, Abby? next. What is the timeline on the defensive <laughs> coordinator announcement, and who are the top candidates? Great questions. Um, we, we thought Phil Snow. It doesn't seem – I mean, if it was Phil Snow, you'd think that would be done by now. So it doesn't feel like it's going to be Phil Snow who's been kind of the guy for rule his entire career. Um, mm-hmm. you, you hear Jeff Collins' name. Yes. Jo- Georgia Tech former head coach. That's the one I think has the most steam. They it? work together at Western Carolina. That's their connection, 02 to 05. Uh, but Jeff Collins replaced Rule at Temple as the head coach. 
So there is that common link with those two guys too. But then there's a lot of wild card names, and you know, I guess which wild card is it going to be is the question. Yeah, uh, Mike Saravo was a name that's been thrown out. Uh, he was the he? run game defensive run game coordinator uh, and a senior defensive assistant linebackers coach for the Panthers under Rule. He's currently still there. Uh, his name had been thrown out there. Seems like maybe some some steams cooling off on that one but again it's another one of those potential names that you would think if that was the guy it would have picked up a lot more traction by now all right abby uh, what do you got next there hasn't been a ton of nebraska players hit the portal yet when do you think that news is going to start ramping up monday i mean i think you're going to get the mass entry date monday you're kind of getting some of the um pre-pass entries in now where people are announcing it um and and we might see some pre-entries go in because, you know, it does, honestly, if you know you're going in, you can kind of pre-announce it. And, you know, some of these do guys. They, how do they pre-announce it? They just say, I plan to enter the portal on December That's 5th. Yeah, because you're officially not in the portal because the portal is not open. So Did Nebraska's you... made two portal offers already. Um, a John A. Cornelius from Rhode Island, an offensive lineman who's got like 20 offers now. And then Xavier Gilroy from Idaho State. Um, he's also got over 20 well, offers. What's he, what's he playing? Receiver. So they've made a receiver and an O-line FCS portal offer, but like 20 teams have on these guys. And, you know, these two young men, I think, were smart to put themselves out there early because, you know, they're, they're kind of jumping the line at least to get evaluated. Because, man, December 5th, you understand how much evaluation you're going to have to do that day? Don't you think a lot of coaches already know who's going in the portal? Yeah. And there's been contact? Yeah. I do. They're handlers. They're high school coaches. Yeah, there's people you can talk to that aren't committing violations. So I want to make this figure that stuff out. Yeah, I want to make this clear to the listeners, Sean. I think we portray it sometimes like, okay, Monday the portal opens and the coaches are going to be sitting there going, oh, look at this, look at this, and look at this. Maybe there's some of that, but I think a lot of there's zero people already. But maybe a high profile guy that you didn't know about that wasn't on your radar goes in from Nebraska, let's say, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Alabama's like, wait a minute, that guy's in there from Nebraska. We're interested in that guy. Like more teams will be. Once you go truly public, more teams get interested. I wonder how many guys Alabama on Nebraska roster that Alabama would be interested in. That's a fair question. The punter. A.J. Allen. (laughs) All right, final question, Abby. In this past week, where does that rank for the most chaotic week of covering Husker football? For me, it's probably up there at the top because I had to do all the high school football games on Monday and Tuesday. And we had to manage shows. And we had to run speaking events So, but and do bigger at wrap-up. So Monday through Wednesday, um, I did four high school football games, covered the regular week of practice, did speaking events, did a big red wrap-up. And then we had to go to Iowa City and have Thanksgiving, cover the game, and then drive back after the game to get up right away in the morning. And I think that was the hardest part, guys, having to drive back and getting back at about 2 in the morning, then getting back up around 7 to get working on the rule stuff that day. Yeah, and I know with you being uh, committed to high school football, Sipple and I had to do a lot of the day-to-day stuff, uh, which was fine. It was just one day of access. But then then you throw in three basketball games in four days, uh, including covering one in the car from your your back seat uh, on the way out to (laughs) Iowa City. That's right. Uh, Yeah, there's just a lot. Half time at a truck stop. You, you know, you know. Um, I'll go back. There was a a bet to a better time. A, a, a better time. Yeah. A, <laughs> like when there was good news happening, and it was crazy. 
in 2000, late 2001 when all this stuff was unfolding for Nebraska to go to the national title game. It was. It was crazy. And then Crouch was the Heisman, too. Yeah, Crouch was Heisman. So that was a – it was a crazy, like, three or four days. I remember being sort of overwhelmed. But you didn't have to do live – Social media. No, it wasn't reporting. as much as that, but it, just keeping up with everything was pretty crazy. Yeah, and, and, and guys, we're talking about going to the national title type situation here. I mean, it was, it was really exciting. But I mean, I mean, it's hard to even imagine that right now. By the way, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that's what I always remember as being really hectic and having to stay on top of everything all the time. You ever wonder if they would have went to the Sugar Bowl like they were going to go to to play Illinois? Because yeah. if what? How different things could have maybe have been? How, well, okay. So how like they, they went to play Miami, and they were not equipped to play Miami. No. Kyle Cole Morgan, our friend, he said literally after about one series, he just said we're screwed. <laughs> you know, like like the team came back. He's like, yeah, we can't play these. It guys. was one of the few times that Frank ever said to me, and it was like in an off the record setting. This is this is really tough. I mean, I he said this is not uh, after the game he said no this is, it was before the game i mean it was he was like this is well, this is really tough you remember dan lebetard yeah uh, yeah dan he, I know he's, he's a university of miami grad and we were at this pre pre party Keyshawn johnson's party with shelly smith yeah and we i was young i was like young grant hansen not hansen um <laughs> trying to talk to dan <laughs> trying to talk to dan Hanson, Le- not hansen yeah trying to talk to dan lebetard and he looks at me and he goes kid do you really think Nebraska has an effing chance in this game? You're freaking – I mean, I'm yeah. cutting out the language. He said they're going to get smoked. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty evident. Yeah. Well, it was one of the better teams that ever – Yeah, I mean, that 0-1 Miami fielded. team was literally like first-round draft picks at every position. Rip some off. Uh, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore. Shockey. Uh, Jeremy Shockey. And- Andre Johnson. Mount McKinney. Jeremy Shockey. Uh, was Kellen Winslow on that? Taylor Winslow Jr.? Yes. He Ken was on Dorsey. that team. Jonathan Vilma. Uh, Vince Wilfork. Uh, Look at Ed Rob. Reed. Look at Rob go. Uh, I mean, just go. Look at go Rob go. Dude, that team was awesome. That's that's very Rob, that was very strong. That was probably the first team. You keep going. <laughs> probably <laughs> good. <laughs> Between that Miami Clinton team. Clinton Portis. Did you say him? Oh, yeah. Clinton. Between that Miami team and USC with Carroll, like that's when like the pro influence took over college football. From that point on, a pro roster building mindset took over college football at the top. Was Santana yeah. Moss on that team? Ooh, or was yes. it Sonoris Moss? Uh, There's two Mosses. Both played in the NFL. Either way, yeah. point made. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, a, that was a re- re- really freaky. Unbelievable. Team. That yeah. play, I'll never forget when Ben Zaychek got smoked on the. Was it kick coverage? And he, I mean, he was. Oh yes, that was Vilma. Vilma almost killed him on the field. That was terrible. And like he, I mean, in, in the locker room, I think after the game, like he didn't know where he was at still. You know what? What I remember was sad. And this is, Abby shouldn't almost not even hear this. I didn't watch the second half because it was over and I had to, we had horrible deadlines. Um, and I just, I never saw the second half. To this day, I don't know what happened in the second half. I mean, I would glance up to make sure Nebraska wasn't making a comeback. So I have to, would have to rearrange my story. But I, to this day, I would tell you I never saw the second. There was so much media there too. Like I sat outside for that game. Did you sit outside? Like it was like an outside. No, I was inside. Uh, Kugler and I, Kevin Kugler and I, we sat outside in the outside press box. It's gorgeous. Though, it was. Wasn't it? Oh God, it was, God, it's breathtaking. Yeah, and it's breathtaking. <laughs> the Rose Bowl's breathtaking. We gotta we gotta cover it at least once. So well, yeah. hey, when we come back, we'll close the show. We're gonna have some final thoughts on the Big Ten, the All Big Ten teams, and the championship game. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I would say I've never gone into a job with a closer relationship with someone than I have with Trev because we've gone through all these hard conversations. This hasn't been just like, hey, won't you be the coach? Yeah, great. We've had to have these conversations. And what I found is Trev is uh, really creative. You know, he's going to find, he's not going to just take the first no. He's going to find a way around, a way around things. And uh, as I said, you know, we have a lot of respect for Admiral Carter. We've known him for for several years when, when he was involved and Trev was involved it just made us feel better about you know what there's going to be hard times right I mean dealing with NIL transfer all these things we're, we're coming to work for people that are problem solvers not just oh, oh you know oh we couldn't get it done and welcome back here to the Husker Online Show Sean Callahan Steve Simple Robin watch it final segment great show guys that was Matt Rule uh, talking about Trev Albert's persistence and you think about Trev guys and, and what he's done I mean he got Dean Blaze to go to UNO when he told Trev no multiple times, he was able to build that. I mean, think about building Baxter Arena at UNO. I mean, or, or uh, Anderson Field, the baseball fields there. I mean, just some of the things that he was involved with there at UNO. I grew up in Omaha. UNO was kind of just looked at as like metro community. I mean, just didn't really feel like a Division One school. Mm-hmm. And he made UNO a Division One school with his visions and his persistence. And clearly he used that same vision and persistence to get Matt Rule to tell him yes after – almost being told no multiple times. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it really hits you. We always talk about the stress of um, a coaching search, of, like a, 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 and it's usually men's basketball or football that creates stress for us. Can you imagine a stress on Trev? I mean, that was a, I mean, as portrayed by the principals in this, it was a stressful run. Now, can you imagine if it would have fallen apart with rule at the last minute? If, if that on Black Friday. Then it would have gone to Fickle, you think, or Lance, Lance Leipel, if you I had to guess. I, I don't know, Sean. I guess if I'm guessing, it was – I think it was down to three. I believed it was down to Rule, Lance, and Doran. With Fickle not in the discussion. With Fickle close, close in there. But, I, I mean, I, now where – okay, so, I mean, going back to last Wednesday afternoon, the Wednesday before Black Friday – we, we talked about it on this show. I mean, I got that call from a source that said it's, it's rule. Rule's got to make a decision. So that, that was right. He was making a decision at that point. And, and the source said there's three. And, and one was definitely Lipel, but we didn't know who the third was. Um, now, that source thought it was Doran. So that's what I believe. But I think Fickle must have been in there, and Kleiman must have been close in there. But I'd say the final three, I believe, were Rule, Leipold, Doran. That's what I believe. All right, let's talk recruiting now um, because that's what's going to be going on this weekend. Um, The coaches will be going out on the road to see recruits, um, trying to lock up their guys. They're going to, and we reported this on Husker Online. They're going to be hosting a junior day on Sunday. Um, So for the 2024 and 2025 in-state players that have offers. They will be on campus like Caleb Benning, um, uh, Tyson Terry at Omaha North, that type of those types of kids will be here Sunday. Sunday. Um, So we'll have coverage of that. But uh, the big news, Malachi Coleman announces decommitment and he was highly connected to Mickey Joseph. Um, And if you remember, I asked the question when Malachi committed 
about, you know, what if Mickey's not a part of this? And Malachi confidently said, Mickey's going to be a part of this. I know that he told me that. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, now Mickey's not a part of it. And Malachi has reopened his commitment or recruiting process. Malachi can also hold out. He doesn't have to sign in December. He's not going to early enroll. So he could honestly be a free agent all the way till February. Do you, does he strike you as the guy that would prefer that route to just kind of see what his options? Because remember, there was all those rumors about him taking visits, even though he was like well in line to commit to Nebraska in the first place. Like, it just seems like he is a guy that enjoys the process. And do you think that he might want to extend that, you know, as a four star, number one player in the state? Uh, maybe, maybe lean towards drawing this thing out uh, as long as potentially possible. It's hard to say. Um, you know, I think he wants to probably feel the love of the recruiting process, get a feel for the staff. Like right now, who's the wide receivers coach? Yeah. We don't know. That's a problem. Like seriously, we don't know. Like here we are. I mean, because we thought we knew and, and he's somewhere else right now. Um, so, you know, it's – there's a lot – and O'Marion Miller, you know, he's a receiver committed to Mickey Joseph from Louisiana. Um, you know, William Watson, who is a quarterback. And I, I gave a prediction this week in 3-2-1 that – a new quarterback will emerge on the radar for 2023 in this class. Do you care to say who you think that is? Um, there's a couple, but Lincoln uh, uh, Kuholt or Ken Holtz from South Dakota. Lincoln? Um, he's related to the Hausmans, and he's from Pierre, South Dakota. Which Hausmans? All of them. Well, they're all related. Name one. Joey. But Joey's not related to Ernest. Yeah, they're cousins. Oh. Uh, Bob Hausman's Joey's cousin. Uh, but the boys, Ashton, Kiffin, or Ashton, um, Ernest, you know, the, okay. there's there's, okay. th- there's three Hausmans on the Husker okay. team um, that are technically related. And, you know, I, I think and Nash Huttmacher knows Lincoln Kuhnholtz pretty well, too. So that's a guy to watch. Lincoln Kuhnholtz. Um, obviously, Zane Flores. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's worth watching. Yep. Hey, Malachi Coleman, why is he not an early enrollee? He wants to take part in track. Okay. Because he because he was beaten in the yeah state and he chair. wants a he wants another run at Jalen Lloyd okay um, who won the hundred okay who just got a Nebraska he just offer. got a Nebraska offer um, Omaha West Side another one for Mickey though is Barry Jackson you know what's he gonna do that was a straight up Mickey guy you yeah. know and um, Mickey went down and watched him play on the bye week I'm curious about Ben Bramer too oh you are what's gonna happen there he's not gonna visit Lincoln next weekend Iowa State's all over him yeah with mm-hmm. the in the other recruits are all going to visit next weekend. Ben Bramer's not one of them. Ooh, that's tough. You liked Bramer, didn't you? Oh, he looked really good in the he championship. He was stud in the title game. So Iowa Same tried to time. get Ben Bramer, but they really connected with Matt Campbell. Um, so I think it's going to be a priority for them to get that jet up to Pierce, Nebraska. they got okay. to get up there right away. Did you take the jet up there? You don't drive. You can't you put – 50 hours? <laughs> no, that, that those are personal hours. Oh, there you go. The recruiting hours <laughs> don't count on that, man. You can, um, land, you can land a plane up there somewhere? You land it in Norfolk. Okay. And then you take a car to Pierce. Okay. Uh, that's my, my guess. I just want to see the countryside, I think. <laughs> but when you're Matt Rule, do you have three hours to drive? Probably do you not. have that time? No, probably not. I don't know if it's three. No, two, not three to Pierce. 225, probably. I'm not even, I think you get there in two, Sean. I think you get there in two. You know who's one of the assistants at Pierce? Uh, Tyler Legate. Is that right? Former Husker oh, yeah. fullback. Yeah. Um, he's married to my cousin. Nice. Jeez, I know. I know. Everybody's related around here. It's distant co- small it's, town. It's, we, live, we live in a big small town. Yep. Yep. It's called Nebraska. But yep. guys, fun show. We'll have yeah, lots of coverage. What are you writing for Sunday, Sip? Don't know yet. What's the thirteen? Am I writing for Sunday? Oh, Better what, be. What's yeah. your thirteen? Uh, I might do. Yeah, I might do the. That's I tried I to tee do. that up. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. Do uh, you know Trev on Monday said he interacted with thirteen coaches? Now I took that to mean those were thirteen candidates, potential or at least potential candidates. And if you do this exercise, you can do it. In fact, I kind of started it in tunnel talk a little bit. You can get to 10 for sure's that he contacted. Um, now, after that, it gets a little dicey. But I might do. I might play it that way for Sunday. All right, well, look There's for different th- ways to go on Sunday. Make sure you get on Husker Online. We've had record traffic numbers all week. It's been you kind of a place where you don't want to be everyone's staying logged on and they're clicking on everything because you, you there's been a lot of news to follow so we got a great special $25 gets you access to the site until August 31st of next year thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online your authority on Nebraska athletics